0: It is an awful lot easier to do an autopsy and explain why something died than it is to explain why life or where life comes from in the first place. So, you know, it it should be easy to take apart what happened to the Golden State Warriors and why their season is over, but it's not. This is not an easy autopsy, but today... We'll put our gloves on, we'll pull out the scalpel, we'll do the big Y incision, and we'll try to figure it out. Welcome to the Damon Bruce Show here on a Monday morning. It is really good to have you. Thank you for joining us, whether you're doing it live on YouTube, a little bit later today on YouTube, or going to download that podcast and you're going to want to get that podcast which is still exploding in popularity thank you also very very much uh where did it all go wrong for golden state now the easy thing to say the easy thing to point at and look at is to say, well, it all started going wrong with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole and the punch that started the timeline of this year. And if you were just going back to this year's beginning point of where things went wrong, that's a very easy and obvious thing to point at and look at and say, well, that wasn't good. Uh, Tim Kawakami wrote so eloquently, that's when the glow of last June's championship was fully wiped away. Like, that's when the Warriors lost all their momentum and what seemed to be an unbreachable level of team chemistry that they had, you know, all over the league. You know, other teams got along but didn't necessarily love each other the way that the Golden State Warriors have throughout this dynasty. Well, that came to a screeching halt in that punch. But to me... You know, after kind of thinking about it this weekend, uh, we did a a hell of a post-game show on Friday night, uh, one of the most watched things I've done so far here on YouTube, Um, and on Twitch. Twitch, we love you too. Thank you so much for hanging out with us as well, if that's where you're doing it. Um, After thinking about this weekend, the real derailment of a possible title this season, I think probably began with the championship that they actually won last season. Um. think about it. Gary Payton basically in that moment priced himself off the roster before he was able to rejoin the roster. Jordan Poole created like an illusion of value that may now not exist. And again, that punch probably got him paid as much as his potential did because the Warriors just didn't want that hanging over this entire year. The only suggestion of Jordan Poole's greatness that could you know still be his one day um but boy he was bad and at times unplayable uh in the postseason uh he, he played every single game this year you know he played every single game this year every regular season game every postseason game he played that is commendable you know Jordan Poole's choices are absolutely in question his work ethic is not um so what happens to him This offseason, I know a lot of people are talking about how he might get traded, how Kaminga might get traded. Uh, We'll get to all of that when it comes time to get to all of that, but we're still trying to figure out what the hell just happened getting knocked out of the postseason. Again, Kaminga was expected to turn into a player that mattered, and his value decreased in Kerr's eyes when games mattered the most. He became a complete afterthought you know James Wiseman not that he did anything in the NBA finals or the playoffs really for the Warriors at all last year because he was shut down but you know the illusion of his value uh you know was uh, in in a weird way buoyed by a playoffs and a finals that he he didn't even participate in and i i think that that was the illusion that this two timeline uh, thing could could actually work out for the Warriors and you know it it, it clearly this year did not last year the two timeline thing worked out because the second timeline of the youth movement was completely buried on the roster and didn't rear its head to make any mistakes hold on I had the, the space heater underneath here cranking it's a little, I don't need that uh, we're nice and warm we got a nice cup of coffee here this morning ah very nice We were taking blackened whiskey bottle tugs on Friday. We needed them. We took a few more tugs this weekend. It was needed. Uh, Hope your Mother's Day all went well, by the way. Um, Another reason why this season went off kilter for the Warriors, I think it's real simple. You know, last year's success and all the success made Steve Kerr like triple down on his stubbornness at times to not play kids in the name of I'm gonna play Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome instead of the further development of Moody. And look at all those regular season games you you lost anyway. You know, you probably would have lost all of those regular season games and been that bad on the road had you actually played the kids and seasoned them to the point where, you know, they might have done something for you in the postseason instead of being absolute afterthoughts. So Kerr is, you know, not blameless, but the Steve Kerr's got to go fire Steve Kerr. You can do better than him now crowd is just, that's insane. Let's be completely honest. I think the final piece of the autopsy of what the hell happened can be traced back to Andrew Wiggins pulling a two-month vanishing act. Uh, and that was a big part of not only the fitting it all back together which maybe took that King series to a seventh game and that seven game King series is a big reason why they lost game one against the Lakers um had to burn way too much fuel to get past Sacramento but Andrew Wiggins in that vanishing act served the Warriors poorly in terms of cohesion which they were seeking all year and it it allowed this team to have to burn way too much fuel getting to the finish line before they could get to the starting line of the NBA's postseason. So there are a lot of reasons why the Warriors' season is over, and everyone wants to say that they're you know they're, they're, the Warriors are in tra- charge of their own destiny. They're good enough to be in charge of their own destiny. That's not who they are anymore. It's not. That's not who the Golden State Warriors are anymore. They are not in charge of what happens to them. They are going to be, um, you know, their their success or failure will be determined by the quality of play around them in this league. They're not that much better than everyone. That you know, you don't even have to consider the opponent. It's you know, if the Warriors play well, they win. If the Warriors play poorly, they lose. It used to be that world. The world has changed. First of all, the entire NBA has caught up with the Warriors stylistically and surpassed the Warriors in terms of athleticism. So those are two factors that went into this falling short. And let's be honest, they ran into the greatness of LeBron James. And the greatness of LeBron James was you know, able to be Uh, a a superior to the greatness of Steph Curry and company this time around. And, And Steph was great, but he didn't have any greatness come along with him the way that LeBron, and it's funny, you know, LeBron, he had that foot problem and everyone's saying, well, look at all these games that he's taken off since he broke the NBA's scoring record. I actually think that came back to benefit the Lakers greatly because it got that team, which was rebuilt at the trade deadline, playing well together and counting on each other uh, and, and starting to trust each other. And And that went a long way to them now being in the Western Conference Finals, which, by the way, begins tomorrow night. The NBA is dark tonight. No games tonight. Uh, game one of the Western Conference Finals is Tuesday lakers at the nuggets and then on wednesday we begin the eastern conference finals we'll get into that in just a little bit um How great is LeBron James? And I know a lot of Warriors fans are tired of me you know, keeping on bringing it up. I keep on bringing it up because apparently there's a group of Warriors fans who just completely refuse to understand that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player this league has ever seen. And if you want to say, well, Michael Jordan never lost in NBA Finals, you know what Michael Jordan never did? He never won 41 postseason series, which LeBron has, which is the most in NBA history, you know? The reason why Michael Jordan is still held in the highest of regards is, number one, he was a bad motherfucker, no doubt about it. Uh, But, you know, he tapped out, and LeBron has just kept going. Kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, and he has accumulated a level of stats and success that, you know, I think actually when you start measuring it all, unless you're just so wrapped up in rings culture, you only know how to count to six. If you know how to count everything else that goes into a, an evaluation of a career, LeBron has got it. Uh, LeBron is is spectacular, and he's not the LeBron he used to be. But boy, he still gets shit done. I uh, want to thank all of you for being here today. And I got to tell you, uh, we got a delivery this morning. I haven't had time to unpack it. I think it's a full-on cardboard cutout of Ike, which means not only are we going to have this spectacular graphic to show for you, to encourage you to go get lunch today at Ike's. Delicious sandwiches made any way you want them. Variety, out the yin-yang, extra godfather sauce, always a great way to go. But we might actually have like a stand-up cardboard cutout thing of Ike's. I, it's the, the package that this got delivered in is like twice the size of Ike, um, but I think that's what it is. We have this gargantuan cardboard box here in our house now, I think it's Ike. So we're going to have at least a cute little Ike to like rub his chin and put like thought bubbles over his head and and like a little co-host will be standing here with me. And uh, if you were watching last Friday, you saw Blackened Whiskey basically be a co-host when Le- uh, Gianna, I almost called her Lebrana, Gianna stomped on by. She was that great of a co-host. She was the Lebrana of co-hosts, but Gianna stopped on by on Friday. We had a lot of fun and uh, it was great hanging out with her. You cannot fake broadcasting love like that. And I got so much love for her, it's ridiculous. Um, You know, we're now living in a post-Warriors world here on the Palouse, and we're going to get into a lot of stuff this week that is... You know, not just talking about the Warriors and what the hell happened, because what happens next is going to be that conversation. Uh, Baseball season is officially about to be underway here on the Plouse. We're going to start looking at the NFL with a greater lens than before, and we are going to expand things just beyond the Bay Area, because uh, last time I checked, the internet was bigger than just any radio signal here in the Bay Area, and we are now fishing for sports fans of all types. So... A lot's coming up this week. we got a lot of stuff to get into. But today really is a day to look back and say, you know, what the hell just happened with the Warriors? And I think we've kind of laid out an awful lot of what the hell has happened. I know that there's a lot going on in the chat right now. I'm looking forward to getting to all of you when we get to Club Plus. But just a few more things on the Warriors. You know, Tim Kawakami wrote a great article uh, coming out of that loss to the Lakers where he basically said, you know, the Warriors, they met defeat with Defiance. You know, you know, we ain't done yet. It ain't time to break this up. And, and that's great. But roles absolutely need to be reexamined. And how the Warriors go about their business and how they treat the regular season, I think, needs to be reexamined by the team, by the coach, and by the superstars themselves. Uh, the Warriors had so much postseason success, they lost the importance of any regular season. And regular seasons still do matter. I mean and it's time for the regular season to matter to the Warriors again. They're not this, we'll see you in the finals everybody. It's the Warriors invitational. It's it's not that that's not the world anymore. Their road performance this year was it this is not an exaggeration. It was pathetic. The Warriors were pathetic on the road. And it felt like they always kicked the can of responsibility just down the alley. Like, yeah, you know, it'll get better when it matters. It'll get better when it matters. It didn't. It didn't get better when it mattered. Yeah, a couple wins up in Sacramento, whatever. It didn't get better when it mattered down in LA. Um, it's time for the regular season to mean something again for the Warriors. Curry can't tolerate it. Steve Kerr can't tolerate it anymore. And Draymond can't be, you know, he can't be a guy who, whether he opts back in for one year or opts out and then comes back in on a multiple year deal, which I think is a very realistic expectation and probably will happen. Um, Draymond can't be the guy who sets the tone of, you know, we're such hot shit that the regular season doesn't matter for us. You know, like I don't get up to play the Hawks on a Tuesday night. It's time to do that again. And if everyone's a little bit too old to feel that way, well, then bigger changes need to come and attitude readjustments need to happen. Um, Effort matters. And when the Warriors weren't trying to win, they didn't. And even in cases where they were trying to win, I mean, you've never seen a more decorated, successful, victorious franchise make so many personal mistakes and just I'm talking from Curry and the timeout that he lost in the playoffs to all I mean it's it's ridiculous you go back to a a handful of regular season games they're up late and should have closed those out they didn't that can't happen when you have this much of a veteran team no more wasting spots on Andre Iguodala anymore. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. He's 39. He played in eight games this year, and his wisdom translated into one of the dumbest basketball teams of the Steve Kerr era. The Warriors were, you know, Eric Pascal led Warriors level bad at times. Uh, so whatever Andre was around for, whatever wisdom he, disp- uh, uh, you know, gave to the team. It didn't mean shit. You know, the old guys don't need a wisdom leader, and the young guys clearly, it all went in one ear and right out the other. You know, he's been around the block. He's seen so much. He's been. He knows so much. I don't care. I don't care. You got enough guys on this team that have been around the block, seen so much, know know so much, where you just can't piss away a roster spot. Can't do that anymore. Can't do that anymore. Now, when it comes to you know, running it back, that's when I said the dynasty's over. This is not just a run-it-back situation, and there's more than father time working against the Warriors. The CBA is officially now working against the Warriors as hard as the rest of the NBA is to try to prevent their fur, you know, further success. John Hollinger wrote a fantastic piece, and I'm not even going to pass this off as it's mine at all. I want to read to you from some of what John Hollinger wrote about the Warriors, and it's really something else. He's like, you know, Father Time absolutely taking its toll, but the CBA is here to finish the job off now. The Warriors spent freely to keep this team together and especially to augment uh, it once Kevin Durant left. Their willingness to absorb a massive luxury tax bill to turn that money into Andrew Wiggins and eventually get them an additional crown in 2022 was was great, but... You know, the rules are becoming more draconian just when the Warriors could actually use a little bit more flexibility to kind of keep this thing going. Golden State will only have uh, minimum contracts available to augment the roster unless it slashes and burns what is currently there. And if they don't, you know, if if it's Steph, Clay, and Dre, and Wiggins all together, it's minimum, minimum, minimum everywhere. They won't even have a mid-level to give out. Again, back to Hollinger. Golden State will only have minimum contracts available to augment the roster unless it slashes and burns what is currently there. Green has a player option and could become a free agent, although Shams and Anthony Slater report that an extension now seems more likely. Jordan Poole is coming off a series where he was, you know, kind of unplayable and is about to see a salary bump from a great value of 3.9 million. To a big liability unless he turns into a different player again of 28.2 million and you know i, I don't think his half million dollar bonus for winning defensive player of the year is going to kick in anytime soon clay thompson is set to make 43 million dollars next year despite being at this point a pretty average player who was low-key brutal for much of the playoffs i mean it it's always a basketball team. It's never one player. But if you wanted to really point at one player who has a level of responsibility to be great in big moments and say, well, that's the player that disappointed the Warriors the most, it was Clay Thompson. Clay is set to make $43 million again next year. Uh, it's becoming increasingly hard for successful teams to pipeline youth, and the Warriors are learning that part, too. They thought they had work, had a workaround to help the, uh, you know, the the second pick that became, um, you know, a, 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 what was his name again? What was his name? Oh, James Wiseman. That's right. And then you know they got Kaminga, but obviously Kaminga didn't turn into what they hoped. And really, right now, the young player that I think you can actually say that that, that guy's going to mean something to the Warriors next year is Moses Moody. Outside of that. You know, whether it's been Bob Myers' picks or Kirk Lacob's picks or whatever, whoever's been the most influential voice in the room, players have not landed in a way that the Warriors needed them to land. One more point from Hollinger. The cap rules will continue to chip away at them. For instance, Dante DiVincenzo. Is making, you know, he made just four and a half million this past season. He's surely going to opt out of his four point seven million dollar deal next year and have offers at a full mid level exception. Which the Warriors cap position prevents them from matching or even replacing. Again, any player who you're like, oh man, all you need is a mid level and you can get that guy, you can't get that guy and keep the core that they have right now. So let me tell you if there was ever a year where along with trying to rebuild under incredibly difficult circumstances was absolutely up now for a basketball team it's this off season for the Warriors if you have to compound that with Bob Myers leaving ugh. I mean you can get as angry as you want about some of Bob's decisions not coming through for the Warriors but Bob has had more success than he's had failure here. They got banners to prove it. And trying to reinvent a team and a front office on a fly? That's tough. That's tough. I mean, you better be way light years ahead of everyone if you can do all of that in one year. So, like I said... Normally, an autopsy and a proof of death is a lot easier to understand than why life has been generated in the first place. But the Warriors are going to be a very interesting case study in where and why and how it all went wrong. I don't think still is understood. We'll see how much information about what went wrong in that locker room actually bubbles up to the surface now that we're you know in the people-might-start-talking portion of the year. Um, it's going to be fascinating to watch how they continue to have success with this because success is still available to them. Contention is still available to them. Being favored to win an NBA title, I don't think that's still available to them, and that's through the rest of Steph Curry's career. Maybe they do something spectacular and unexpected, but I don't think anyone's going to be picking them as they're about to be champs again anytime soon. Again, the league is caught up in terms of style and has absolutely now surpassed them in terms of athleticism and certainly depth. Looking around at the NBA's remaining Final Four, uh, there is a stunning, stunning note here. The Lakers are the first team in NBA, baseball, football, or hockey history to finish last place outright in their division yet be among the final four teams remaining in the playoffs. That's unbelievable. It it, it speaks to the job that Rob Polinka did at the trade deadline. He did a spectacular job. You know, he he saw a team that wasn't built to do it and he said I can, I have to rebuild this thing. The Warriors they looked at their year not going the way they wanted it to and they just said we're we're going to stick and stay. You know, and obviously that didn't really work. <coughs> Pardon me. Did you watch game 7 yesterday? Sixers Celtics Doc Rivers might be fired before the end of this YouTube Twitch broadcast, before you're done listening to today's podcast. Uh, Doc, dude, he's game seven cancer as a head coach, and I'm not saying it's all on him because he's got two guys who are phenomenal stat sheet stuffers, but neither is a leader. I'm talking about Embiid, the MVP of this year, and James Harden, MVP of past year years and and. Neither of those guys, I think, is built to ever be the guy who leads their team to shit. You know, when your entire stat line is buoyed by living at the free-throw line and you're not allowed to live at the free-throw line in the postseason, unless you're a Los Angeles Laker, um, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Doc has now bowed out of five straight Game 7s in a row. Philadelphia has now lost in the Eastern Conference semifinals three years in a row. You know, can't blame Ben Simmons on this one. You know, can he develop a leader? I don't think he can. You know, I, I, I just... I think it's time for Doc Rivers to go and where he resurfaces because he'll get retreaded somewhere. Who knows? Monty Williams out of Phoenix, and we'll talk about that in a second. How about Eric Spolstra? Eric Spolstra... Um, is one of the single great coaches this league has ever seen. And I know you probably don't want to hear another segment about Miami Heat culture, but it's true. Miami Heat culture is a thing. Uh, Eric Spolstra, with basically a team full of NBA equivalent of walk-ons and Jimmy Buckets, who's a killer. Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat are in the Eastern Conference Finals for the seventh time in the last 13 years. That's impressive considering, um, you know, all the teams that were built around them and super teams and trust the process and here come the Brooklyn Nets and all the Celtics, Raptors, no. You know, eh, Cleveland, uh, you know, after LeBron leaves Miami, all of them except for this year's Celtics seem to have just totally faded back into the background. The Miami Heat, they're like (coughs) ever-present. Speaking of ever-present, this little cough that I've got, I just can't shake it. I want to talk quickly about the full-on Suns collapse. Out like chumps on their home floor for the second straight year, but this time it comes with the embarrassment of, oh, Kevin Durant is here. You know, In a multiverse timeline, I would have really liked to have seen what the Suns would have looked like in the playoffs this year had they not made that Kevin Durant trade. Because you know what? That's Devin Booker's team. And Devin Booker, with the right amount of depth and the right amount of, we've done this, we've been through this together, might have broken through in a way that the rebuilt Suns in the image of Kevin Durant did not break through this year. Um. You know the whole "you take a shot, I take a shot" style of basketball. It it doesn't really work in the postseason unless you're eliminating the Clippers. Um, it 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 didn't work in Brooklyn, and they're kind of like doing that again. Uh, the the Suns are about to look very different because Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton are both probably gone at some point this offseason or next year. And at this point in his career, Chris Paul is is a solid starter. That's it. That's all he is. Um, You know, and, and he's a solid starter who you can guarantee to be hurt at the worst possible time. DeAndre Ayton is now very expensive. He's got a four-year, $133 million deal that he signed last offseason. The only saving grace is that he's averaged a double-double in each of his five NBA seasons. He's only 24 years old, but there's just something about a lack of dog in him that I don't like. DeAndre Ayton, eh. Big decisions coming up, and Monty Williams is out. We'll see what their new owner does. Who he hires? If he hires Doc, that would be hysterical. Uh, I heard Isaiah Thomas has been, you know, basically puppy dogging the new Suns owner around, looking to maybe he's going to be named a head coach. Uh, I would go with Nick Nurse or Mike Budenholzer. I mean, I that's that's the door I would be knocking on. One more knock. On John Morant and then we will sort of turn our attention to a couple of other places as we wrap up today's version of the plus before we get into club plus John Morant you're a fucking idiot you're an idiot you're 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 just an idiot and I'm going to tell you right now there is no one who has let John Morant down more in his life than his dad Who, you know, John Morant is a living example of what happens when your dad wants to be your friend more than when your dad wants to be your dad. What is John Morant rolling around waving guns on Instagram Live again for? I mean, is he that stupid? The answer is yes. He is that stupid. He did it again. Why? So he can look cool, so he can look gangsta so he can look like he's tougher than he really is. I'm going to tell you, the only thing John Morant has ever shot in his life is a basketball. Quit it. You're a studio gangster, dude. Fucking clown show. So the NBA has to stop pandering to its talented morons, and Adam Silver needs to suspend John Morant for the first 10, 20 games of next year. He has to. You just can't let this go unchecked. Well, you know, he's got the right to a gun. Sure he does. He's got the constitutional right to bear arms. But when you do it on Instagram and you're in the NBA, the commissioner of the league has his right to suspend your ass. One has nothing to do. This is not a Second Amendment issue. This is a second violation of boneheaded behavior that has already been dealt with in a very strict manner. No lessons learned. When a child doesn't learn a lesson, you got to go time out. John Morant, amazing talent, total moron. Total moron. It's time for some tough love for that guy. And if his dad's not going to give it to him, Daddy Silver needs to give it to him. Who's the owner of the Memphis Grizzlies? Why don't you step up and exercise a little discipline? Where do we go here? Where do we go here other than uh it's officially now baseball season. Now that the Warriors are done, got both teams in the Bay Area tonight. Uh Giants, they didn't do very well in Arizona, losing embarrassing fashion three games in a row, well two games specifically in a row, losing it late. Um, That wasn't good, and now the Giants are a half game away from being tied with the Rockies for dead last place in their own division. So, Farhan's abacus is not doing nearly what it was promised to do. A lot of the decisions that Farhan has made are carrying embarrassingly low batting averages right now or embarrassingly high ERAs. We'll get into all that on another day, though. Because the one thing I want to talk about about the A's, who of course dropped three of four to the Texas Rangers, um, I am absolutely loving. I can't get enough. Nothing. There's nothing in the on the internet that I click on faster than a story generated by someone in Las Vegas going, "Yeah, I don't think we want the A's." I love that. I love the negative press that the A's are getting. Out of Las Vegas, you would think that whole city would be like rah rah sis boom ba. This is our chance to go ahead and get a major league baseball team, and the entire city's like, eh. What's it gonna cost taxpayers? Double, eh? For six years, longer than that. For set for like the last decade. The A's said it's not just about a stadium, right? They need a a whole mega real estate project around their deal in order to be competitive again. Or not, apparently, because there is no mega real estate deal other than a stadium in Las Vegas. So, you know, every single time... John Fisher said the only way for us to be competitive again is with a, you know, if I can build Abu Dhabi around the stadium and Howard Terminal as well, not just a new stadium. And that's what sunk the A's for really staying. Instead of building a baseball stadium, they wanted to build their own little city within a city, which was ridiculous. Um, Apparently, that's not needed anymore in Las Vegas. So it was a lie all along, the same way that Mark Davis basically lied about how much tailgating meant to him, and he needed a place for Raiders fans to tailgate. You can't tailgate anywhere outside of a Legion Stadium. That went from mattering an awful lot in Oakland to not at all as soon as there was a brighter pasture to go to. But it's really incredible. The amount of people in Las Vegas going, yeah, you know, we might be interested in having a baseball team one day, but the A's? Nah. It's... It might leave this team with nowhere to go, including back home. So it's it's just, it is a level of my daddy was rich incompetence buoyed by Dave Cavill, who is officially checking the boxes of I can build soccer stadiums, but that's the end of that story. That guy can't do anything else. One of the worst public-facing PR guys on the planet, Dave Cavill, just awful at his job. And we all know that John Fisher is straight up um, on fuck John Fisher status and will not move off of that unless he sells. In which case, we'll say thank you very much. Take your money. Now get the fuck out of here because fuck you, too. It is nice to be able to swear here on the plus. Um, I want to end with a little bit of a personal note. Um, and you probably weren't expecting this many months ago. I got a colonoscopy and that colonoscopy revealed my colon is absolutely gorgeous. Knew it. And I'm very thankful that that was the reply. I want to urge every single man watching right now around my age. If you are older than, you know, 45, if you're in your mid forties, you have to get a colonoscopy. A dear, well, I mean, we're not great personal friends, but we're professional friends of the first degree. John Kincaid, who is a sports talk show host that was based in Atlanta for over 20 years and was the king of Atlanta. Uh, He's originally from Philadelphia, and when was offered the opportunity to go do a morning show in Philadelphia on 97.5, The Fanatic, he took it. So he went back home. He's a Temple grad. He is a big Phillies, Eagles, Sixers, Flyers fan. Uh, He has been diagnosed with colon cancer. And it was detected by a colonoscopy. He wasn't feeling particularly well, which is why he went and got one in the first place. And it came back with, you know, bad news. He's in surgery today, and I want to wish my friend, John Kincaid, the very, very best because I'm going to tell you, whenever I've had a career issue come up, he has been someone who has been a mentor and a friend to me, and when I was laid off, he was among the first to shoot me a text basically going, what the hell's that about? Idiots. Morons. Um... I love John Kincaid. For a man I don't know very well, but I feel like I know very well in another way, I I love John Kincaid. And if you are inclined to say a little prayer, say a little prayer. And if you're not the praying type, but you are a man over the age of 45, go get yourself a colonoscopy. It could be something that saves your life. And so that's where we're ending today's version of the damon bruce show that goes up on the podcast we have much more coming up for you as we haven't even gotten into the chat i haven't even opened it i'm about to uh here uh and i'm going to i'm going to go reverse chat i'm going to go all the way to the bottom and then scroll backwards to the start of the show uh but uh club plus is officially about to begin which means the damon bruce show is officially about to end and i want to invite you to stick around all week because at 11 a.m. we're about to start getting into a lot more things other than oh woes the Warriors we got much of the sports world that we have not been ignoring but we certainly haven't been highlighting because we've been so deep inside playoff basketball I'm looking forward to the NBA's final four we're even going to talk a little playoff hockey I'm sure before it's said and done but a big pivot to baseball and the NFL's offseason and I believe, is it tomorrow the Victor Webb and Yama draft actually happens? So uh, big things going on in the NBA draft as well. Ping pong balls are popping this week. So always fun to do that. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please do remember that sports don't build character, they reveal it. And like that, he's gone.